Biggest Bad Boys Podcast presents Matt Michaels People I Don't Hate Hey everybody, it's Matt Michaels here along with DJ Impact on the Bad Boys, the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. And today we are joined by one of our favorite wrestlers on Impact Wrestling, but not just Impact Wrestling. I think DJ agrees with me that Moose is one of the best talents out there today, and we're so glad you could join us, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. Um, Let me ask you, you know... The um, the big pay-per-view is uh, coming up here on uh, Saturday, October 23rd. It's your first time back in Vegas since before the pandemic started. What will it mean to you being back in front of the Las Vegas wrestling fans who always turn out in a very um, positive and uh, sometimes... Uh, overreactive manner uh with their signs and their cheering how how is that feeling going to be for you to finally get back here oh it's gonna be awesome man um like we did our first show i think it was maybe slammiversary with fans in nashville and we all thought that was awesome but the building we was at because it was it was a small studio could only fit at max maybe 250 people right. um so going but coming back to sam's town at that big arena is going to be even better because uh i feel like at total capacity that place could hold at least like 2,000 people so uh it's going to be awesome um i'm very excited about it um uh, and, and we all know the vegas crowd are usually pretty rowdy so um yeah i can't <laughs> and it's um we're nine days away and I think it's nine days away, um, or maybe it's less than that. I think it's a week away. Um, actually, it's yeah, it's yeah, wait. Um, yeah, and I'm excited. Yeah, it's, it's like the days that were going by so slow. Um, you know, like it's almost like that first day of school feeling that um, you have your outfit set in the bed before you go to bed. Can't wait to put it on and go to school. That's how I feel about um, Bound for Glory. Um, so yeah. <laughs> I, I'm sure the whole roster and um, office and management feels the same way. It's the biggest pay-per-view of the year. And, um, yeah, you can't wait. That's awesome, man. Um, let, let me ask you. Um, I, I think most people are familiar that you had an NFL career, that you were with the Atlanta Falcons, the, the Patriots, the St. Louis Rams, and the Colts. I'm just curious, man. How was it, how was it transitioning from the NFL to professional wrestling. I know some things are kind of maybe kind of easy, the workouts, the, the, the constant training, but I know NFL guys are jumping off the top of ropes, uh, you know, doing training. So how was it? Was it difficult or was it, or was it easy to transition over? Um, I always say, um, once you're, when, when you're transitioning to something that you actually love, it's always going to come easy. Um, because everything, when once I was training, everything I was learning, I was so eager to learn. I was so eager to get better, mm-hmm. um, to find new experiences in professional wrestling that I loved every moment of it. Um, so, yeah, it came easy. Um, there wasn't one day that I went to train, you know, I went to practice, and I was like, oh, I have to go to wrestling practice today. It was more like, I can't wait to go to wrestling practice today. And that mm-hmm. was different between me being a professional wrestler and me 
um, playing football. Like, just earlier, I just told you how excited I am about Bound for Glory. There was not one game in the NFL or college I played for that I was excited to play. Gotcha. Of a fuck, I have to play this game tomorrow. Or, damn, <laughs> right. I have I have to block the white Freeney. I can't. It was more. It was more of a stressful situation of like losing sleep because wow. you had to block somebody that was so good that could embarrass you and make you lose your job more than. Mm. Oh, I can't wait to go and wrestle this guy and entertain. 1500 to 2000 people in professional wrestling so it was definitely a a a different feeling at least for me and that's because i i never loved football i mean i'm sure there's guys like maybe tom brady who feels the same way i feel about bound for glory than him playing on equivalent to him playing on sunday i never had that feeling going towards um football you know yeah that you know the that's a very good point the passion is something that if you don't have the passion if you don't have the fire and desire you know it's time to move on to something else and we're so glad that you went from football into wrestling now you said being excited um like being first day of school putting your clothes out let me ask you you always look like a million bucks Who's behind your gear in terms of the entrance gear, the ring gear, and how important is it for the young guys out there to not only uh, have, you know, the gear to uh, elevate their persona, but also to look like a professional because of the fact that I think a lot of guys miss that fact that they say they're wrestlers, but in all honesty, they're pro wrestlers, so you got to look like that. Uh, you know, who keeps you looking like a million, man? Um, I have a, a few, a ton of gear people. And one thing I've realized in professional wrestling, you have to, you have, to have a lot of uh, gear people because uh, they're, you're so, they're so busy with a ton of wrestlers that it's been times where I've ordered gear and just because they have so many clientele, they never got my gear done by the time I needed it. So I realized that, Man, maybe I should have more than one gear person. You know what I'm saying? So I, I have I have maybe six different gear people. And, wow! And um, I'm a big old school wrestling fan. So like guys like Ric Flair and Razor Ramon, um, I looked at those guys because you never saw them wear the same thing twice. They were always changing gear up. And, and I was a huge fan of those two. If you ask me who my two favorite wrestlers was growing up, it was definitely those two. And um, guys like guys like Macho Man, you know, that always wore something different, but he looked like a superstar every single time. Yeah. Um, so I definitely had that same attitude that gone in there. I'm I'm always going to try to look as fresh as possible and, and um, present myself like a superstar, like the guys that I watched before me present themselves. Well, you know. Um... Moose, your entrance is probably in my top five all favorites. And I judge it on so many diff- different things. Just this, the, the, the sound, how it comes on, the lights, the, you know, everything is, is important to, of, of just setting everything up for me. And so your entrance to me is just, it just, it pumps me up. I'm just wondering, how do you continue to come down the ramp with the same look 
that you have, and you don't get pumped up. I mean, you got the whole fans going moose. Everybody's dropping the elbow move. Everyone's excited. And if, if I was to hear that, I'm thinking I'm ready to start bobbing back and forth like a boxer. But you have this one mind frame <laughs> that you're in. How, how do you do it, man? Um, You just have to – it's just another day in the office, man. You can't <laughs> – one thing I've learned, and I think I learned this from um, Bill Belichick when I played with him, um, mm-hmm. you can't, you always have to keep one, how did he say the saying? Um, you can't be too hyped and you can't be too down. You always have to keep the same level um, the whole time, and that's how my mind is going out. Um, uh, like, once my music hit, I can't be too hyped. I can't be too flat. I just have to have that monotone feeling. Um, and that's how I keep a straight face. Um, yeah, a, a straight attitude. Um, you know, um, and I, I think it definitely helps because there's some people that like you go out there and uh, it's you know, you're wrestling in front of ten thousand people in the shows, and you can see how excited that person is. And then next night they wrestle in front of one hundred fifty people, and that excitement isn't just there anymore. And mm-hmm. um, with me, I, I try not to have that at all. I try to give you the same monotone look, no regardless of how exciting it is or how not exciting it is. I'm, yeah. I'm always going flat-headed, you know? Right. You know, when you look at the people you have around you in Impact Wrestling, like D'Lo Brown, um, Jimmy Jacobs, guys who know the business in and out, guys who are very creative, very talented, how much of a guidance for you has that been to have um, such great minds around you, um, you know, throughout your career? Um, it's It's been fabulous to see what they've come up for you and what you've been able to do with the um, scenarios you've been presented for your character. How important have those guys been to you? Um, those guys are good, especially D'Lo, man. And I'm not just saying this because I know he's in the other side mute, um, listening, but he could attest to this too, where like, I always want D'Lo to age with my matches because, um, it's just some, some unsaid and unheard chemistry that we both had to try to create magic. So, and he definitely, there's a lot of times where he doesn't age my match and I'll go up to him and be like, hey, d what you think about this? Or there's times where I call him a week before a match and I'll be like, hey, this, I think about doing this. What do you think about it? And it's just one of those things where, um, like, D, I was a big fan of D-Lo um, coming up and, um, just because, just with that special chemistry that we unheard chemistry we have, I always like whatever input he gives me because I know at the end of the day his mindset is to make the match as good as possible to make me look like a star. So, um, and it's not only him; it's all the agents that we have have there uh, with Impact Wrestling, with Tommy, with D'Lo, with Scott, with. Um, with Gail on the woman's side, you know, yeah. they're always they're always trying to help us be the best version of ourselves, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Let me ask you, Moose. So you're a two-time Impact Grand Champion. You're a one-time TNA World Heavyweight Champion. And, and, and you could probably debate the fact that you were a two-time, although they wasn't they wasn't counting it. 
I'm going to count it, though, Moose. You know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll call you two times. But uh, I want to ask you, though, how do you feel as being the fourth African-American world champion in the history of impact? I'm all about the culture. I'm always excited to see when uh, African-Americans are finally, you know, being acknowledged in this business. And impact, as far as I'm concerned, was ahead of the game. Uh, a decade before what we're seeing now on TV, Impact was ahead of the game. And I could be wrong on this point, but even when it came to the women's uh, tag team knockout with Tasha Steeles and Kiera Hogan, I, I don't even see many black women tag team champions. You guys may be the first in that. Um, but but how do you feel being that, you know, to be a part of uh, of that particular that culture and to have that, Admonishment. Yeah. Okay. okay yeah. yeah. So I was like, I have a different take on that, man. My take in in on that is like, yes, it's cool, it's great being the, the fourth. What'd you say, the fourth African American guy to hold the TNA Impact Championship? Yeah. Yes, sir. But it's great. It's an awesome feeling to be a champion. But I don't like to put skin color on it because I feel like once we put skin color on it, we're we're kind of like segregating ourselves away from being champions. And we're segregating ourselves in the sense that, oh, man, there's only been four of us. But I feel like if we just do it and don't even say a thing, it becomes normal. Because right now we're looking at it as not being normal, you know. And once we mention the fact that it's only been four people in history, that is letting people know that this isn't normal to be a champion, which I feel like... Don't talk about it. Let's just make it regular, like, and let the, the whoever becomes champion after me become champion. And if we do that so many times, it becomes a normal part of life where we don't have to add our skin color to it. You know what I'm saying? I read this. I saw this interview with um, what's the name of this guy? Um, can't think of it. He's one of uh, one of my favorite actors. I can't think of his name right now, but I'll tell you the gist of the interview. They asked mm -hmm. him. It was like, how do we stop racism? It was like one way to stop racism is not to acknowledge it. And not when he said don't acknowledge it, not like don't acknowledge it in the sense that like you look at me as a black man, look at me as Quinn Moose Ojanaka. And when you refer to me, refer to me as Quinn Moose Ojanaka. Don't refer to me as a black man. And when I talk to you, I'm not going to refer to you as a 52-year-old white man, I'm going to refer to you as Peter Williams, whatever your name is. And he was like, that's where we start at. But once you start, <laughs> when you, once you start referring to people by the color of their skin, then you're, by you doing that, you're bringing some form of racial to the conversation when the conversation should be, should, should be about two men in general. So that's my thing on that, like, I, I I know it's, it's pe people do it and that's okay. I don't like doing it is because like once another thing that is like it's big on me is when they make a listen like oh you're the top five top African American wrestlers in the world and I'm like that's great but I want to be the top five best wrestlers in general in the world. Don't segregate me to one racial, you know what I'm saying? Even though it's my race, don't segregate me to that. I want to be the best wrestler in the world. I don't want to be the top five African-American wrestlers. I want to be the that top five best wrestlers, period. If it's black, brown, Asian, white, 
Jamaican, whatever it is, you know what I'm saying? So that's just, just that's my mind take. Hopefully it makes sense. Yeah, that, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Um, and that's amazing to uh, to see that perspective. And I think that, you know, you show in your work that you are able to adapt to, you know, the different um, guys that you're working with. Is there someone who stands out to you as um, a moment where when you either had the um, the storyline with them or just e- even a match in general where you realized, hey, I'm pretty damn good at this. Is is there something that sticks out to you as the moment where it clicked for you? Oh, yeah. Um, I, t- I ask this question all the time. Uh, I-, I forget when it was. Um, I think the blow-off match was homecoming in Nashville, and it was me and Eddie Edwards in a street fight. And that whole angle brought me out of my shell as a professional wrestler because I always thought professional wrestling was supposed to be about cool moves and cool spots and flips and dives and this and that. And that whole that whole match took me out of the shell because working with a guy like Eddie, who's very underrated and is yeah. definitely one of the best wrestlers in the world, um, uh, that is the moment where I was like, you know what? I'm pretty good at this thing called professional wrestling because – we had this whole fans at Nashville for homecoming rocking, and not one flip was done, not one cool moves were done, not one cool Lucia spot was done, nothing cool was done. It was just straight um, physicalness and emotion. Yeah. And um, one thing that I've learned, even through the um, mentorship with D-Lo, is uh, I don't have to do cool stuff to get over I literally don't have to do one cool thing in a match to get over. All fans want to see me do as a six, five and a half, 260 pound guy is beat the living shit out of somebody. And that would get you over. And, and um, I wish more big men thought like this because every big man you see in professional wrestling is like, Oh, let me do this dive. Let me do this move. And let me do this. And let me do that. And then let me do this and it gets to the point where it gets boring because we see it you see it do it all the time um but yeah so that's one thing um that i've learned from d-lo and um and when i do decide to do that cool flip people haven't seen it in so long that it's like oh what the fuck moment when i actually do it <laughs> right and let me ask you moose bountiful glory is going down uh saturday october 23rd in, in my hometown, Vegas, I'm excited. I'm going to be there. You yourself is going to be in a call your shot gauntlet match. And apparently how this works is you're going to have two guys that's going to start off in the ring. Every few minutes, another person is going to come down to the ring. And when they get to the final two, it's going to turn to a singles match. Now, you've done something very inter- interesting I've seen. You've teamed up with W. Morrissey. Because with you guys being so big, you're just going to beat down everybody, which is a great plan. And then it's going to end up being just you two in the ring. But here's the question, man. Are you going to be ready for W. Morrissey, though? I mean, he's a big guy also. I mean, how are you going to be ready for this guy? I mean, I'm going to have no choice but to be ready for him, right? Um, And um, I have my game plan. I don't want to give up what my game plan is. (laughs) Um, Like I said... I'm a, I, 
I respect W. Morrissey and what he said from day one is 100% right in professional wrestling. There are no friends. And our relationship is definitely not a friendship. And I looked him dead in the eye and told him that, hey, when we're the last two in that gauntlet, I'm going to beat the living hell out of you because I know you're going to do the same to me. And um, that's what my plan is, is to beat the hell out of him. So, mm. yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, I, I'm very confident in my skill. I'm sure he's very confident in his skill that he could beat beat my ass. But, I mean, the truth of the matter is there's only one wrestling guy, so we'll see what happens. You know, that's true. And I got to – let me throw one more in, Moose. Why, when you had that one-on-one talk in the ring with Don Callis, and, and Omega was in the ring too, and Don was talking all of that crap in your face, and, and especially – about your football career, how did you not just take one, one right to his face and just end it? Because I wanted you to do that so bad. I was like, come on, Moose, do it. Do it. Hit him. Hit him. Uh, because honestly, every time Don has a mic and is talking, I'm not paying attention to him. So <laughs> I have no idea what he said because uh, I literally wasn't listening to him. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, the um, that moment, I was staring at Kenny Omega the whole time, so I, right. I literally had no idea what Don said. I mean, <laughs> he, he could have talked about my mom for all for all I care. Was not I couldn't tell you one thing he said. So and I yeah. feel like most of professional wrestling, when Don has a mic, nobody listens. So. <laughs> <laughs> You know, speaking of uh, the uh, football career and um, just kind of, uh, you know, being in a locker room situation, obviously you get to know the guys uh, fairly well. Was there anyone who uh, either has or still does give you crap for going into wrestling? And does anyone uh, who might have doubted you... uh, kind of now go oh damn man you you made the right choice uh no um i mean when i first decided to, to become a professional wrestler i had a lot of doubters and i had a lot of people who laughed at me and was like what are you doing um i remember my ex-wife being one of them i remember she went to she came to where i was training at and um trust me when i was training at was a dump dump <laughs> <laughs> i probably would have made fun of my friend too if i I came to watch him train in there and I walked into this and I mean as soon as you walked in you felt like if you touched something you was going to get a staph infection that's how much <laughs> this was so yeah she gave me a lot of shit told me I was stupid for retiring from the NFL to pursue this especially in this building and I had friends who looked at me and was like dude what are you doing but I mean once once you once I became successful even though I don't think I'm as, I'm as successful as I want to be right now, but I'm doing really good for myself. Um, a lot, a lot of those naysayers and doubters have switched, have quickly switched their minds on some of the horrible things that they said. You know, and I mean that's how life is. Like people doubt you until you make it, and then they praise you. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. Uh, you know. Bomb for Glory, October 23rd. It's a Saturday night. You're going to be here in Vegas. When you look at your own mindset of hyping yourself up and you look at what you guys have been able to do on TV to make people very interested in the show, do you look at everything kind of coming together when you finally get done, the night's over, 
Is it easy for you to unwind, especially in such a big environment as Vegas, where there's so much around you now that is, you know, not shutting down, everything's open. Um, you know, what is it like for you in terms of that aftermath, um, you know, and knowing that you've accomplished what you set out to accomplish? Um, I mean, hopefully I accomplished what I set out to accomplish. Let's uh, say that first. Uh, obviously, my goal is to be bound for glory, which we all know what being bound for glory means. Um, hopefully I accomplish that because I have this long laid out plan that, uh, that I've been put into effect for the last year. So I would hate to see it not come to fruition, you know? And if it does, I mean, Vegas is a, is a city that never goes to sleep. Right. So I guess, um, October 23rd, I won't be going to sleep either if, um, my plans come to fruition. (laughs) And we'll and we'll let the uh, the waitresses at TGIF know that uh, everything will be on you that night. Is that cool? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if or just be, uh, I guess, uh, what they call it, still in whatever Christian Cage or Josh Alexander orders or whatever <laughs> the part, whatever party they order, uh, wherever their party is at, I'll just freeload right. them. I got uh, one last question for you, Moose, for myself. And uh, just speaking of that, I'm so excited, man. This is one of the best cards I've seen put together in some time. The the X Division uh, title is going to be um, is is going to be battled out. Uh, the knockout title match with Deanna and Mickey James. I'm such a huge Deanna Perazzo fan, man. I am. Um, I'm just excited for what she's just been doing, uh, just in the business, and and she's just been holding it down. And of yeah, course, like just about her, but she's had like probably one of the best years in professional wrestling in a long yeah. time. Like she's, it's, it's crazy that nobody's really given her the recognition that she definitely deserves because she's thank killing you, it. thank yeah. you, absolutely. Um, and then Josh Alexander and Christian Cage. I'm just man, I, I'm I'm just I'm so hyped about that. I'm going to be pulling for Josh as well. I'm just curious though. Whenever your match, and I don't know what part of the car your match will come in, but when you're all done, do you just kind of sit back and 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 watch the rest of the matches on the pay per view? Just to, like, do you become sort of that fan as well, where you want to see how the match is about to come out for the world title or the knockout or or the X division? Do you do you kind of chill in that, or or after your match, you're just kind of you just kind of zone and go into your own thing? No, this is definitely, um, especially for pay-per-views, I can't say the same for TV tapings. But for sure. pay-per-views, um, this is where you see most of the roster come together and support the um, the other talents on the roster, where whenever we're done with my, our match, we're usually glued on screen to make sure everybody else does a fabulous job. Because mm-hmm. you, at pay-per-views, there's, no, there's not a lot of pre-tapes and there's not a lot of... Um, other things you have to get ready for. There's not, I mean, usually on a taping day, there's so much going on on TV tapings that once you're done with one match, you might have to get ready for another match or you might have to get ready for three tape. But for pay-per-views, it's just the pay-per-view and that's it. So we have yeah. all the in the world to, to, we're not really doing anything. So we sit there and we support our our um, teammates, per se. And um, yeah, so whenever my golf like is done, um, I'm definitely going to be glued to the screen to see how to watch other matches. Um, like I said, um, I'm 
there's a lot of great matches on this card. I mean, I think they just yeah. announced that the inspiration, I think that's what it's called, is an attack match with the K. I'm going to be excited to see that. And then you talk about yeah. the world. But, um, the two Canadians, which that's going to be freaking awesome. Um, both both Josh and Christian are ph- phenomenal wrestlers, which I'm sure they're going to put on the classic. Then you're talking about the, the, um, the exhibition, which yep. I don't third member is who the third competitor is going to be. Actually, yeah, I do third, you guys don't know who the third competitor <laughs> is. Oh, but yeah, that's going to be give a me, class. Give me an inside, Moose. Give me the inside. <laughs> I, I can't, man. You have to watch it tonight. You'll find out in a couple of hours. It comes on tonight. You'll find that's out. That's true. Yeah. Um, um, yep, yep. Um, yeah, and then you have I'm, there's so many matches, man. So um, yeah. hopefully our matches first. The gauntlet is first. I doubt it. Um, I'm sure the X Division match is probably going to be first because that's usually how Impact likes to start the shows with the X Division because they put out bangers. It would be sure. a great uh, to, to get the crowd into the mat to the show. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I'm excited to watch every single match too. Um, like the pay per views are one of those days I'm, I'm very, very, very excited to be a part of every single one. And um, I can't wait. It's on nine days, nine days away, and I don't know when your show is airing, but um, yeah, I can't, I can't wait, man. I'm like a, a like a kid going back to going starting school the next day. That's how I feel about Bound for Glory. Yeah, me too. Well, <laughs> as we wrap up, final question for you. You know, we talked a little bit about D Willow, and uh, I just need to know: Were you five years old when D Willow was wrestling? <laughs> And uh, and do you have a D-Lo impersonation? Oh, yeah, a D-Lo impersonation to shake the shit out of your head. I used to do like, also funny, D-Lo would shake his head and his little cheeks would, like, shake around, too. Uh, but that was cool, though. Like, that was cool. I remember in, in, in school where, like, first of all, I was older than five years old. People don't realize how old I am. Um, I was in high school, I want to say, when D-Lo was in the Nation of Domination. I think I was probably in the ninth ninth grade, maybe. <laughs> um, I remember we used to make him do the impersonation of all those guys, man, like um, The Rock, D-Lo. Um, you know what was big when I was in high school? And I, I think I probably got suspended a couple of times for randomly getting, giving people I didn't know the Stone Cold Stunner just going for <laughs> giving them the stunner. That was a big thing in high school. And like it was so because we got so much detention time because of that, just giving random people stunners um, in the hallways and stuff. So yeah, like. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing. <laughs> I was way older five years old when D Lo wrestled. <laughs> I, I had to I had to ask just to uh, put it in perspective because you know a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the younger guys uh, didn't have the experience you you got to have, and that is seeing D Lo right at that prime age for you to yeah. uh, you know to to know um, what you were seeing was just something that was amazing and. Uh, that I'm that old that I was actually in high school when D-Lo was like in the prime of his run in WWE. That's actually crazy. Yeah. I think that shows how old 
like we're trying to rib rib D-Lo for being old, but that actually shows how old I am. If I wasn't high, he was yeah. So that actually is a rib on me. Yeah, which is funny because when you look at if you have to put an age on D-Lo when you see him on the camera, you would be confused. You'd be like, is it thirty nine? Is he? No, 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 no. D-Lo looked young when D-Lo was rib? in of the nation. He had to be. He had to be like at least I would guess twenty four, twenty three, twenty four when he was in mm -hmm. domination. That means I was like what 15, 15. So Delos probably like ten years older than me, ten years, maybe twelve years older than me. And yeah. and now and now the rib comes back on me because I'm Delos' age. So. Uh... <laughs> 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 oh man. Bruce, I appreciate your time. Um, DJ is is such a huge fan of Impact Wrestling. I've been a fan for as long as I can remember, uh, going back to the uh, TNA days of the uh, Nashville pay-per-views uh, weekly. And um, what you do in the ring um, is just phenomenal. Um, I think that, unfortunately, you know, people like to put all the attention on AEW because it's a nice, new, shiny product. Um, but in all honesty, in terms of story, in terms of talent, Impact Wrestling is probably right there, you know, at, at AEW's level. And I think that guys like you will help the brand grow. I did a podcast yesterday and I said the same thing. I said, obviously, if any, you can't really have this conversation with fans. The fans are very misled and yeah. um everybody likes a new product which that's AEW. so AEW's a new product everybody loves it but if you sit down and you watch an AEW show you realize that it's very non-structured it's just yeah. you could you could tell it's very non-structured and then when you watch wwe it's like wwe is like just one of those shows that they've been running for so long that they just trying new stuff to be like, oh, let's see if this will work. Oh, who cares? Like, but when you watch Impact, it's like Impact by far has the best television story going on. We have the best product. It's just yeah. like fans will, won't say it because we don't draw as much fans as WWE or AEW. But because we don't draw as much fans, they think, oh, your product must, must not be that great. But I was like, Take a movie producer and have that producer watch all three shows. I guarantee you that producer will probably say Impact Show is the most entertaining and the best product. Because uh, it's really that is. And I'm a guy who watches all wrestling. And I, I yeah. easily see how much better our stuff is than everybody else's stuff. Yeah. there's And, and yeah. Matt, let me, let me jump on this right quick. Just to add, I'll be real quick. Um, and this is the reason why Moose that this impact world championship match is so exciting to me because josh alexander who was just when he was with the north i mean the guys were just they they, they were just they couldn't be defeated at all holding the titles then he gets the x division title it had to get to a point where he had to use option c which never when he had that that match against um jake something i was like oh this is a wrap for jake this guy took Jake to the limit. Yeah. And so, and now when he has this match against Christian, I'm thinking to myself, first off, Josh has proven that he could be the champion, but he's an impact guy. 
and that's and not and that's really my whole thing. I want somebody who represents, of course, impact to hold that title. And to me, Josh has proven that to be that. And that's why this match is so big for myself that I think it's just important. It's great to see Christian. I have nothing against Christian. I mean, he's he was a part of Impact. I'm not taking anything away from that. But Josh right now is the guy who's been with the uh who's been with Impact, who has shown that he has what it takes. Am I wrong in my thinking in that case? Oh, and, yeah, definitely right. And like I'm have been on I've said this so many times. If you ask me who's who's the best pure wrestler in our roster, a hundred percent is Josh Alexander. He's the best, yes, powerful pound wrestler we got, and um, I think he has everything to be world champion. I think he's going to be the world champion. But one thing that you never know about Impact Wrestling too, which is another reason why I feel like we have the best product, is like. As much as I want to say Josh Alexander is going to win it because it's written all over the door, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I can still also see Christian walking out as champion, and that's the thing. Like, so yeah. it, as much as it's written all over the door that this is Josh's chance to win it, this is Josh, a time for an Impact champion to bring the title home, it's so unpredictable because I can see something happening and Christian reach. So it's like, it's it's very, 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 very unpredictable. Very unpredictable. So um, I'm excited to watch because I have no idea what's going on myself. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to be a fan, a fan just like you guys watching to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. And to uh, to just uh, finish uh, the interview here, um, I'll tell you right now, DJ and I were both pretty pissed off when you didn't get the championship so you know it's it's yeah. one, it's one of those things man where when we say we are legitimate fans of yours and it takes a lot for me to kind of just get mad that uh someone didn't get a title and um that's right. that's how big you know of a fan we are of you and uh we just appreciate everything you've been doing man and um uh, you know anytime you're in vegas man we're always here for you Anything you need, and well, I said a while. Oh, I think after my Bound for Glory match with um, EC3 last year, that by the end of this year I was going to be world champion. Well, the year isn't over with, and Bound for Glory doesn't make it the end of the year. So it's like I haven't lied about what the promises I gave. So just keep watching. <laughs> and don't and don't forget if you're listening don't forget not only is uh saturday october 23rd bound for glory but impact wrestling is going to be back in las vegas in november so moose if it doesn't happen at bound for glory it's got to happen in november because man we gotta take you out and uh celebrate in the champagne room man right i know so let's i mean let's hope it happens at bound for glory but who knows? Like I said, it's so unpredictable what's going to happen. Unfortunately, I'm not in the main event this year, so I don't know how it's going to happen if it does. But just there's so many surprises, man. Like and like, I mean, there's always tapings the next day, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, Moose, we appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Everyone listening, again, Bound for Glory, October 23rd. It's a Saturday night. Order it uh, on Fight TV. Uh, get that pay-per-view because you're going to see one of the best shows of the year. And I don't, you know, we don't pump up shows, <laughs> to be honest. And this one has uh, us very excited. So um, we really, really are looking forward to this, man. And uh, can't wait to see what's next for you, brother. All right, thank you. All right, everyone, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you guys next time. The biggest bad boys of podcasting.